Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast, a show all for women about living your best life and fulfilling your passions from the backcountry to the table. No matter where you are, what hurdles you faced, or where you want to go next, we're right here on this journey with you. It's time to take charge, pave your way, and create success. Today's episode is sponsored by Nutrition Realigned, a holistic health approach that takes you to the top. If you're feeling overstressed, constantly fatigued, and not like your best self, it's time to reevaluate your nutrition and learn how to fuel yourself properly. Head over to Nutrition Realigned and make a plan to reach your health and fitness goals in 2019. Click on the contact us form for more information or use code HERINSPIRED for 20% off at checkout. Welcome to episode number two. Uh, This is the Her Inspired Journey podcast, and I have a really cool guest on the show today that I am chatting with. She is paving her way. She's built an absolutely awesome business. So let me introduce Heather Kelly with Heather's Choice. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, I'm super excited. It was funny. We were just kind of talking off air about how in this society, it's like you feel like you know somebody, but then you're like, well, we've never really even spoke before, and who are you? <laughs> so Yep, I know. I was, I was girl crushing on you talking to Courtney from Wilderness Athlete. Uh, I was like, hey, who's that other Courtney girl on Instagram? Like, when do I get to meet her? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know, it builds such a great community of, of people, and you know, it's easy to look and there's, you know, certainly some negative sides of social media and, you know, what's going on in this day and age. But at the same time, it's so beautiful and it can be such a good resource for, you know, meeting like-minded, passionate women and passionate men in the outdoors and just really spreading the love for what we do. So it's definitely a blessing for sure. Yeah, I agree. So let's just dive right into, you know, who you are. I'd love to just get to know you and then we can dive into Heather's Choice and how that's really taken off and what you do. But uh, let's give everybody uh, some insight into you and where you grew up and kind of what makes you tick. Sure. So I'm calling in today from Anchorage, Alaska, and I was born and raised in Bird Creek, which is about 25 miles south of Anchorage. And that's kind of a huge part of who I am and kind of what groomed me to be the person I am today because both my parents were born and raised in Alaska and the property that we live on now in Bird Creek is actually property that my grandparents homesteaded in the early 1950s. Wow. So we just have this incredible spot that is right up against Chugach State Park and man like that's that's the place that I hope to get to live for a lifetime and grow old there because it's so magical. So definitely very, very fortunate that way. I went to school in Bellingham, Washington, and that's really where I got introduced into athletics and a little bit deeper into sports nutrition. So the four years that I spent at WWU is really what turned me into an athlete and some of the best years of my life, I would say, and yeah, I'm not sure what all you want to hear, but basically I live in Alaska and run my small business, and uh, that keeps me very, very busy. <laughs> yeah, being a business owner is is such a blessing. There's so many facets about it that are just, you wouldn't trade them for the world, but at the same time, it's like, you know, somebody's like, it's the weekend, and you're like, it's the what? <laughs> weekend does that mean day off for some people because not for business owners it doesn't so let's roll right into Heather's Choice and what really uh, gave you the idea or the inspiration to to start your own company and you know what it was based around sure so when I when I was in college I studied sports nutrition and I think this is kind of an interesting origin story And I I bet you can relate, but when I was a college athlete, the advice that my coach gave me about nutrition was chocolate milk was a good post-workout recovery option. Uh, It would be better for me to eat a Snickers rather than nothing else after a workout. And he also said that I should consider eating more bagels. And I don't say that to be like crude or rude about my coach. It just really highlights how little nutritional guidance we were given as college athletes. And to be totally honest, like, 
that really owned me during my four years in school. I was very concerned about what I ate. I was very concerned about my weight. I knew that my weight impacted how hard I could pull when I was rowing, and it also impacted my weighted urge score. I'm sure there's plenty of women out there who were also in sports that had a weight component to it, and it can really screw with your head. And so I spent those four years learning everything I could about sports nutrition, and at one point found myself you know, trying to do like really high-carbohydrate, low-fat dieting, and it just left me feeling awful. So I stumbled across the Paleo Diet for Athletes, written by Lauren Cordain, and that was the first diet strategy that really made sense to me. And Cordy, I'm not sure how much you know about Paleo Diets. I imagine quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You're probably super familiar with all that. Yeah. So I really latched on to just that whole philosophy of like, oh, this is based in evolutionary biology and like these foods are wholesome and good for you like this is a dieting strategy that makes sense to me and so ever since college I've really subscribed to a primal nutrition plan and have loved it and so then after college I went on to study at the Institute of Psychology of Eating and learn a bit more about mind-body nutrition and that's a whole other lifetime of mine. But ultimately, what I found was that there's this whole camp of people who are really geeked on paleo nutrition or ancestral health. And then you have this whole camp of people who are really geeked on being in the backcountry and going super far or pack rafting or through hiking. But like that, there wasn't a connection between the two. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a like a community of people who were geeked on ancestral health and whole foods nutrition plans who were also kind of pushing the limits in the backcountry. And so I took it upon myself to sort of merge these two parts of my life, which was pack rafting and paleo diets. And that's really where Heather's Choice came to be, was I wanted good, healthy, paleo-inspired food that I could put in my backpack and take with me on overnight trips or 10-day trips or 30-day trips, whatever it was. So it was in the summer of 2014 that I actually bought a domain, heatherschoice.com, and started a Shopify site, and now it's been four, um, four and a half years of an adventure. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that origin story and just how you took you know, a lot of times people will be faced with a problem or they'll go through something and they're just, you know, man, I wish there was a solution or I wish there was a better way. And they don't really take it upon themselves to find that solution. And you took charge and you paved a whole new way, which is super awesome. And it's very fortunate for the rest of us because we get to benefit off of what you experienced. But like you said, so many other women, you know, whether they're an athlete in college or they're, you know, trying to run a better marathon or they're, you know, trying to make it up the mountain and not be the last one. We're all trying to figure out how to optimize our performance, our energy in, our energy out, you know, and recovery is a huge component to that, you know. And so for a coach to to say, you know, hey, go out, you know, if anything, eat a Snickers bar, you know, we're really not doing any diligence to really optimize what we're doing with our bodies. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's what I found during my college experience is that I, I don't know if I would, I guess I would consider myself like more of a sensitive person. Like you do have people out there who can run off of anything. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter what they eat and they still perform great. I am not that person. Like I'm very nutritionally sensitive I need good healthy food I need lots of calories in order to feel and perform my best and so that was definitely kind of a painful learning experience but I'm so grateful for it now because now I get to see that there's lots of other people out there who do really require good high quality nutrition in order to have their best athletic experience or their best backcountry experience And so that's really the customer that Heather's Choice serves is that person who knows that they thrive on high-quality food and knows that it is a little bit challenging to find high-quality food that's super-duper packable. 
Yes, absolutely. I experienced that this year. I was trying to do a lot of like DIY dehydration and uh, just preparing the best meals that I could for our backcountry hunt in Idaho for 12 days. And it's a huge challenge. I mean, there's so many different facets and components to consider. Obviously, calories in, you know, overall energy expenditure, what you're going to be doing, what the temperature is like, what the elevation is, and, you know, packing it down to a weight that's going to be, you know, something that's not like you're carrying an extra child in, you know, 10 miles into the backcountry or, you know, that that's going to sustain you. So that's a huge component and something I think that you've done a really good job you know, with, with, uh, putting all of those aspects into it and serving that, you know, specific, uh, demographic of people who really want to feel their best. It's easy to eat, you know, anything, right. That's, that's the easy part, but I think people get really confused and misled when it comes to like what their body needs. And I think one of the areas, and I'd love to know how you feel, but one of the areas people really go wrong is they fall out of balance with what their body's trying to tell them. So, you know, you have your low energy, so it's noon every day and by, by 1230 you're trying to take a nap or you just feel absolutely like slammed, like you don't have any energy or you're battling headaches every day or your mood is up and down and I think a lot of times people just disregard that or they, oh, I'm stressed or I'm overworked or, you know, they don't really necessarily think about like one of the biggest balances in our life is what we're doing with our fuel. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I think that there's a huge component of the population who's definitely victim to that, where they're not realizing how the food that they're eating is impacting their mood. And then I also think that there are women specifically who put too much pressure on food to be the thing that saves them. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the things that we talked about a lot in my eating psychology training was how food is the cheapest, easiest to get drug on the planet. (laughs) And so we can definitely use food not only as an upper, but we can use it as a downer. And it's kind of socially acceptable to use it in that way. So I totally agree with you that, yes, like people need to have an understanding of how eating just a plain piece of toast versus eating a whole egg is going to impact their digestion and their energy levels and their fueling for the rest of the day. But then I also think that there's also that subset of us who really is looking to food to fix everything versus dealing with kind of that that deeper work that needs to be done too. Like if I am stressed and I'm turning to food to decrease the stress that I have, um, that's still just kind of a band-aid, if that makes sense. We need to actually address what is causing us that emotional distress and not rely on food to fix everything. So just as a caveat to throw out there that I'm sure you have listeners that fall into both of those camps. Yeah, absolutely. And I know specifically with my clientele, with my um, nutrition clients, one of the things that I see very, very frequently is that Women are much more, in my opinion, in my experience, tied to food for that that emotional, uh, either that emotional outlet or, you know, the comfort food or, you know, it's it validates whether they've done a good job. It validates whether they're, you know, fit enough, worthy enough, lovable enough. And so if you had somebody coming to you for, for that aspect, you know, saying like my relationship with food right now. Um, is is getting the better of me. I'm connected to it through my emotion. I'm a, I'm connected to it. Uh, you know, I allow it to control how I feel. What would be your best advice in regaining a healthy relationship with what they're eating? Oh my gosh, I love this topic. It's so rich and there's so much to talk about. So I've noticed this in myself and that's the great part about learning about mind-body nutrition and eating psychology is then you can start to recognize your own patterns. And so I will see myself do that where, you know, I will get really upset about what's going on with the business or what's going on in my relationship. And I think like the only thing that will make this better is a cup of coffee (laughs) or the only thing that'll make this better is a margarita or a glass of wine, like whatever it is that is just like the quick and easy drug to kind of tune things out. 
And I think that oftentimes when you find yourself in that position where you are turning to food for comfort and you realize like, wow, you know, this is my, my drug of choice. It's really important, I think, to seek outside help and find ways that you can self-soothe or have self-care that isn't related to food. So as an example for myself, like one of the things that really helps me that's not food-related is acupuncture. Mm-hmm. And so for me to go and have an acupuncture session and start to kind of clear out that icky energy that I've got suddenly kind of relieves that tension. And so then I don't need to go and drink wine at night or I don't need to go and have a third cup of coffee because I've addressed the the tension that's living in my body rather than just using it once again a band-aid to kind of cover it up. So I think that we need to have ways that we take care of ourselves and we address our stress that isn't food related. And I would also say that isn't exercise related because we know that exercise is an additional stress on the body and it doesn't always fix things. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I know for me firsthand when, um, when I was going through my divorce like eight years ago um, and I've talked about, I talked about on my first episode I battled depression for a lot of years, um, really just battled on feeling, you know, confident, good enough, uh, happy, you know, in the right spot. I didn't love myself. I didn't find, you know, my worth for a really long time. And so exercise was the thing that I fell to, you know, some people might turn to comfort food or having wine or going out to drink or, you know, other things. And for me, it was running. I would just Mm -hmm. go and that, you know, so somebody looking from the outside in will think, yeah, you know, that at least you found a healthy outlet when really I didn't. I just found a Band-Aid that was looked shinier and looked a little bit better, a little more fresh than the other ones did. And so I can definitely relate to you when you're talking about, you know, you have to find something that really allows you to work through, you know, whether whether it's tension or stress or finances or your relationships you know, something that can help you not just like forget it, right? Because out of sight, out of mind is great, but it doesn't solve any of the problems or the stresses that are coming up. So if you can find a way that your body can just relax and release without putting more stress input into it, like exercise or like, you know, adding food that you don't need. Yeah, it's definitely a big, big help. So your thing has been acupuncture. Yeah, that's been super helpful, and I think acupuncture is a big one. I think that this is also where the great outdoors plays into it, because I think that when we go and we have these adventurous experiences and we get outside and we kind of push ourselves outside of our, our comfort zone, we develop a different sense of who we are and what we're capable of and our self-confidence. And so I definitely also think that I've found a lot of, I don't want to say self-care, but like a lot of self-confidence, I would say, in my backcountry experiences. So for me, like stepping away from organized sports and focusing more of my efforts on camping trips or rafting trips or some of those things that maybe aren't quite so measurable, but they still do give me a sense of self-worth. I think that's been really helpful too. So it can be anything so long as it's really addressing that root cause of stress, which is a lot of times a lack of self-worth or a lack of self-confidence or doubt or fear or whatever the case may be. Absolutely. Without a doubt, you know, there's studies. It's pretty interesting. There are definitely studies that that show and that they've researched the power of nature, like just getting outside immersing yourself in the sounds and the smells and the views as opposed to taking an antidepressant. And I am not saying don't take your antidepressant if that's where you need to be in life, but I'm saying don't underestimate the power of literally what is out, what is outside, you know, what is out a lot of people's front doors, back doors, you know, what's just down the street, you know, on the mountain. Um, There is so much power in just soaking yourself in into nothing right into that just vast open fresh perspective and uh there's there's so much power in that you are absolutely right it's a great place to reconnect with your thoughts 
you know, to get away from distractions or other inputs. And so definitely I am highly recommending, you know, that be a, an out an outsource and a resource and a, and a place to go and just really get your roots back in the ground and clear your head. Another thing, yeah, another thing that you talked about, um, is that you like journaling and this is something that made me like super giddy in a really weird way inside because <laughs> I love journaling, um, but more so as like planning, like, so I'm not somebody who will like write down like, you know, everything I did and it's in full sentences and it's beautiful. I'm just like almost like spewing stuff out. Like this is what I want to do. This is what I did do. This is how I felt. This is tomorrow. So talk a little bit about your journaling and how you utilize that and uh, what it does for, you know, keeping some sanity in Heather's world. Yeah, definitely. I don't know where I picked it up or why it became such a thing, but for, I would say at least a decade journaling has been really critical for me and it I'm more or less an only child and so I think just having something that's solitary that I can do to help process my thoughts has been really helpful and so I have a very specific I really like moleskin ruled <laughs> journals and like a certain type of pen like I'm I'm very very type A in that sense so I have my certain book that is just where all of the brain dump happens and so I find that for me to be able to wake up in the morning and immediately the first thing that I'll do is write in my journal and it just allows me to kind of dump out on paper like here's what I'm struggling with or here's what I'm excited about or here's what I need to accomplish today it's an opportunity to get it out of my head and onto paper so I know I can let it go for a little bit so that I can go to the gym or I can have breakfast or I can do something else without that intense fear that I'm going to forget or that I'm not processing the way that I'm feeling or not recognizing the way that I'm feeling. And so I find that journaling is just a really great opportunity for you to be able to get things on paper and be really honest with yourself. And so if you have prompts or I'll ask myself like, what's really going on? Like, what is really causing me so much anxiety right now? And a journal is a really great place for me to be able to have that honest conversation with myself. Uh, and it can be pretty eye-opening, I think. So I typically write in my journal first thing in the morning and then uh, a lot of times last thing before I go to bed. And, man, it makes all the difference in the world to almost have your own personal therapist that you can talk to uh, and you can take it with you anywhere and be able to utilize it as a tool. Definitely. And we can create such massive problems in our own brain. And then you dump it all out and you put it on paper and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like even before I'm done with this sentence, I already know that everything is okay. There's no need to be overwhelmed. Everything's in place. It's pre-planned. It's taken care of, you know, and, and sometimes it's not, but more than likely what I find is that once you just get it out of your head and put some organization to it, things start to kind of smooth out where you can just go, okay, this is, you know, I'm definitely feeling like the anxiety or the, the worry around this is dissipating because there, it is clear. There is a plan. There is a way. It's uh, not just sitting there rolling around and consuming your brain. Yeah. I also find that when I create those lists, I tend to make lists that are, you know, sometimes a little unreasonable of all this stuff that I think I need to get done in a single day. And so then I like to be able to go back through and still cross those things off my list, even if I didn't get it done until a couple weeks later. And it helps remind me that just because something doesn't happen today or it doesn't happen right now doesn't mean it isn't going to happen. And so that's been kind of a helpful practice for me, especially with the business or with any personal goals, like just because I didn't accomplish it this week doesn't mean it's a, it's never going to happen. I just need to learn to be a little bit more patient and set some realistic timelines for things. You are definitely speaking my language right now because I thought, okay, so true, truth be told, I thought I was pretty weird because I have this, like, it's like a three subject, you know, notebook or whatever. And I write my to-do list in them. And much like yours, they are often pretty lengthy. 
and uh, include a, quite a vast variety of things that, that I need to do. And I have a really hard time like ripping the paper out and throwing it away because for a couple of reasons, one, there will always be like one or two things that like get to roll over onto a couple different to-do lists because they just aren't, sometimes I think they're just not that much of a priority, you know? And so it's easier to see then that the to-do list, all of these things that I'm, I feel like I need to do and I've got to, you know, do all these things. I've got to accomplish it. There's not enough time in a day. And I'm like, actually, not all of these things have to be done right now. And I think one of the things that I really had to learn because I am very type A like you and I have my list and it has to get done and I can't even talk to you until my list is done. And if you do talk to me, I'm probably annoyed, right? So like, let it go, Courtney. It's it's on your list, but that doesn't mean that it has to be done right now. And it's okay if that page rolls over and two weeks later you get to go back and cross it off. And it's funny because I don't allow myself to like, unless it's just like nonsense stuff like packing for a trip, I leave those to-do lists in there so that I can actually go back, you know, over time or if I'm just happen to be thumbing through and I can see how much I am accomplishing. Because for me, one of those things that I've struggled with is my self-worth And I put a lot of value in being able to follow through and get things done and cross them off the list. And so for me, whether it's just one of those like little silly placebo things or not, having those crossed off to-do lists refills my cup. Yeah, for sure. Courtney, do you know what your Enneagram type is? I don't. Uh, I think that you should put that in the show notes and have people take like an Enneagram test because I'd be so curious to see what your number is. it's pretty fun when you suddenly realize that about yourself like I recently have started following that each day and just kind of like starting to do a little bit of personality testing and learning about it too with my employees and I'm an Enneagram 3 which is an achiever and that means like if I don't cross something off the list this day is screwed like nothing happened today it was a bad day because I didn't accomplish anything and so I, I would be curious to see if you're an Enneagram 3 as well, who just has that deep, intense desire to cross something off the list each day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I, I definitely will. And I'll actually include that in the show notes so that uh, listeners can take that as well. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes we think we're weird or we think we have these weird quirks or, you know, whatever. And it's really, it's just understanding how you work the best. It took me a long time to realize that I'm very efficient when I follow, when I am process driven and when I have a plan and when I have this outline and I fall apart if I don't, you know, it's just like, I can't just, I can't just go on a free for all because I, I lose control. I don't know where to start. My, I I get stuck. So I think if people could better understand how they work the best, they get to optimize how they feel throughout the day. So I will definitely include that in the show notes and I will get back to you on exactly what makes me tick for sure. So, what, right, what, uh, how do you do that with your clients? Then do you try to identify them as like their different type or their different tendencies? Yeah. Give them different recommendations. Yep, I do. So we work through um, just personal counseling. A lot of it is based out of like habit change, um, nutrition tendencies or habits with that. And then we just really start to dive into getting them to self-reflect on things that they found allowed them to be successful or things that they found were barriers for them. And then we kind of just dive into, you know, why those things come about, how they can better prepare for them, how they can navigate them and kind of go through, um, you know, just really honing in, redefining and, and uh, developing their best skills so that they're, you know, staying on point more often. But I think, you know, it's an evolution. We're not always 100%. I'm not 100% every day. You know, there are definitely days even still now where I have to remind myself to go through the process of the things I know I need to do in order to have a good day. And, uh, you know, that's, that's true. I think for every single person, we just don't wake up and, you know, it's not like Beyonce woke up like this, right? It's, there's work, (laughs) there's work that goes into it every single day. So, um, another thing I thought was really interesting is that you are an introvert, um, as I am as well. 
And um, I think it's kind of hard for people to listen to that or to hear that and go, well, you're successful, you have this business, you're well-spoken, you're, you know, you have all of these things. But explain to me a little bit how that's kind of played a part or, you know, created some barriers that you've had to work through in starting Heather's Choice. Sure. When my first business that I started was doing sports nutrition and eating psychology coaching, and so I could work with people one-on-one. So I imagine that I got to do some of the same awesome work that you do with your clients, which is helping work with them one-on-one in a comfortable environment and just connecting with them on a really deep level and coaching them through whatever they're struggling with. And so I feel like as an introvert, that was really easy work to do in some sense of it's there's not quite so much pressure there or it's, it's a lot more calm, it's a lot more controlled. Where now in running Heather's Choice, we have upwards of about seven people in the kitchen at any time. And then we also have a group of investors. We have a board of directors. We have contractors. We have thousands of customers. We have this audience on social media and an email list. And, like, it is so much energy. And I, if I let it, it can be completely overwhelming and it can just wreck me. And so I find that I have to be really, really cognizant of carving out chunks in my week that are just time alone for me to process or to think clearly. And I think that it can create a little bit of maybe curiosity amongst my employees, especially if they're like, how come we don't ever see Heather? And it's like, man, for me to be here, like in an environment working with lots of other people is it's too much. It's too stressful. And I don't feel like I get my best work done. Whereas for me to go and work by myself, even if I'm working on the same thing, the environment in which I'm working makes a really, really, really big difference. So I've found that I've made it a priority in my business to make sure that it can operate without me. So the day-to-day tasks happen every day, the food gets made, the orders get filled, um, the phone gets answered, all that stuff happens without any input from me because I need to devote countless hours to working on my own in a quiet environment uh, just so I can even think clearly. And I actually feel like my cup is full versus feeling like I am always running on empty because my energy is being pulled in a bajillion different directions. So I think that it's been, uh, I've been intentional about how I've built the business and how I've set things up to play to my strengths as an introvert, but I'm not sure that everybody else being an introvert as a strength. Oh, I think that makes a lot of sense. I definitely, definitely can relate to that. And I'm the same way. And I don't know about you. It sounds like you've really embraced that and found a way, like you said, to incorporate it into the business to make it work, you know, to your advantage. But I battle in uh, as a mom, I experience mom guilt because like you, some of my best moments, my like my most refresh feelings are from things I get to do by myself, whether that's going out and going for a hike or going for a hunt or going for a run and spending most of the day like in my own office doing my own thing. I have to have that. It is something that is so valuable to my well-being to be able to have time with no outside distractions, not around other people, not having to try to carry on a conversation or to interact with people. And it's hard for me because, you know, you have to level out this place where I know it's what I need and it's what allows me to do a better job, to love you more, to be more engaged and more present. But then you also kind of feel bad that like you're really loving time not having to be around anybody else. Did you ever go through times where it was hard for you to kind of navigate whether that was okay or if you should feel guilty or if you felt like you were, you know, letting people just kind of like wonder like where the heck is Heather or, you know, what is she, what does she not like us or what that kind of engagement was like? Yeah, I think it's it's still an issue. And, you know, I think it's something that I have to be very forthcoming with my employees about because 
it's almost like I can get mom guilt with them of like, sorry, you guys aren't going to see me here every day. And you just have to trust that I'm doing the work that needs to be done, even though I'm not physically here. So I think just communicating that and being really honest with people is super important. And then my boyfriend, Brad, and I, who we run the business together, I think that it's been a process of us learning each other and our personality types where he thrives in an environment where there's more people and there's more energy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do as well, you know, working uh, on his own. And so that's been nice for us to recognize that, that he's a lot more uh, cooperative in his work style. And so he does fantastic running the team in the kitchen. Like, you know, you can tell that he really thrives when things are going well with a group of people where I really feel the most productive when I get to stay home and work in my home office by myself for a lot of hours. <laughs> and so that's where, again, I think it's so critical for us to, to get to know people as they are and to leverage their strengths versus trying to get everybody to work in the same way. Absolutely. We are all so unique and definitely are driven by, you know, outside influence, whether that's being by yourself or the energy that you get from working in an environment or being in an environment with other people. Steven's very similar. My boyfriend, he, you know, is very outspoken and really feeds off the energy of a crowd and being around a lot of people and, you know, that constant engagement. And so we're definitely different. And I think, you know, working to find, uh, to honor yourself and what you need and also honor what your partner needs is really important, you know, in overall health and stress management and just making sure that, you know, whether it's with a coworker that you're sitting next to kind of understanding how they need, how they need to be responded to honoring their time and their, you know, um, their restrictions, if you will, on, on what they need as opposed to what you need, man, it just makes a world of difference to then kind of work together, even for me, understanding my kids and how they need and the affirmations they need. I know you talked to a little bit about um, love languages and, and how people give and how people like to receive and what makes them tick. We are so individual. And I think if we really respect that and look at people not like, well, I need this specific thing, or this is how I feel, I'm going to just perceive or pursue that this person you know, feels the same way. I think a lot of times people can get offended by putting that kind of perception into other people. Yeah, that was another a personality test that's different from the Enneagram that we did as a company. It's called the Clifton Strength Test. And I can send you a link to that so you can share that with your audience as well. But you legitimately look to find your top five strengths and then you work to put yourself in positions where you can leverage your strengths and the argument is that you know if you try to write with your non-dominant hand it's like it's really difficult and it's not very fun because you're not very good at it and it just it feels awkward whereas if you write with your dominant hand you can do it all day long it feels easy it's gratifying because your signature looks great or whatever and so this whole uh Clifton strength test is working to help people identify what their strengths are and then if you are in an organization or a business you can help put people in the right places on the bus so that they are leveraging their strengths rather than always trying to change them or putting them in positions where they don't feel strong or they don't feel confident and then it just every day feels like an uphill battle and I'm I'm not quite sure how that would factor in for for health and fitness quite yet, but I know that the strengths that I came up with on this test, one of them was being competitive, and I do think that that plays into any sort of fitness goals I might have. If I'm going to set a fitness goal, there needs to be some sort of competitive piece there for me to really sink my teeth into it and get excited about it and stay motivated. So I feel like for your health and fitness clients, taking that test could be uh, a little bit eye-opening for them as well. Definitely, definitely. We will uh, also include that in the show notes. I think more knowledge is power, right? The more we can understand about ourselves and other people, the more 
uh, unison we can have in the communities and the environments that we're in, which, I mean, that doesn't hurt anything. So we will definitely include that in the show notes so people can jump on and play around with that. And then, of course, you can comment in the reviews or talk about what you are and share a little bit on that. So um, I'd like to circle back around. I have two questions that I want to ask you. Um, One of them is, what would you go back and tell your younger self if you could look back from this point where you're standing to any point previously in your life, what would your recommendation and advice be to your younger self? Ah, this is so, uh, the timing on this is so uh, perfect. So I recently picked up a book called The Universe Has Your Back by Gabrielle Bernstein. Bernstein. Uh-huh. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. But ultimately this book is, just really making the strong assertion that we have to have a little bit of surrender and we have to have quite a bit of faith, you know, that things are always working out for our highest good and greatest joy. And it's really hard to see that when you're going through a perceived tough time, whether that's a breakup or it's moving or it's a struggle financially, you know, we we perceive these things as so terrible and so stressful when it's all part of like the big dance that we're participating in to get us where we want to go. And so I think that if I was talking to my younger self, I would really try to help her understand how to really cultivate a sense of faith and a sense of trust in the universe that things always do work out for the best because I know that I can spend a crazy amount of time worrying and just being in fear and letting fear be paralyzing versus, again, just kind of throwing up your hands and saying, you know what, I did the best I could today and I do the best I can every day and that's enough. And I I really can't expect anything else. That is so powerful. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we can't go back, obviously, and change you know, how we dealt with things or the way we perceive things in the past, but we can use any and all of those experiences to boost where we go next. And so walking through with that perspective of just surrendering and knowing that you are putting in your best effort and you are trying and you are paving a new path is super powerful and something that I think, you know, we definitely need to be reminded of often Um, you know, like I said earlier, those feelings can kind of waver. They can come and go. Sometimes you're feeling super great. And sometimes you're needing to remind yourself that, um, you know, it's time to be gracious with yourself and just allow things to be as they are and trust in the process. So I think there was a lot of power in that. And I definitely think it will resonate with the listeners, um, tuning into this. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I really, really appreciate that kind of insight and just that authenticity that, you know, we might not be exactly where we want to be. There might be, you know, obstacles or hurdles or stresses or things that are out of our control, but we have to still continue to do our best in every area so that things finally smooth out. Um, yeah, the, the other thing I wanted to talk a little bit more about is more about your specific products. So somebody that may not know exactly what Heather's Choice is outside of being a paleo-inspired backpacking, um, you know, food, snacks, meals that they can take with them. Talk a little bit more about your line right now, what you have, maybe if you can, things that are going to be coming out soon and where they can find all of this information if they want to dive in, put some stuff in their pack for their next trip and uh, get started with the Heather's Choice experience. Yeah, for sure. So my goal with Heather's Meal option. It's not just something that 
should only be used and eaten when you're in the backcountry and you're far from home. So when I started Heather's Choice, I had originally created just dehydrated dinners that were foods that I would make for myself at home. And so some of those recipes, like our dark chocolate chili made with grass-fed bison that we still offer today, that's one of the recipes that I will make in my home kitchen to this day for a quick and easy meal. So that's really the inspiration behind it is just giving people that good quality food that they know they could be eating even at home. But then it's also dehydrated and packable and really high in calories for when you're out hunting or you're backpacking or just being outside expending tons of energy. So currently we have four different dinners. We're working on getting two more on the menu. Uh, I would like to have 10, but managing six different dinner options is plenty of work in and of itself, just managing all the ingredients and the packaging and blah blah uh, we also have our buckwheat breakfast, and the reason why I really wanted to bring this product to market is because a lot of people are very, very sensitive to grains, mm-hmm. and even if you're eating something like gluten-free oats or you're eating quinoa, uh, grains can be very irritating to our digestive system, and so I've found that giving people a grain-free, dairy-free breakfast option, which is what our buckwheat breakfast is, it really sits with them a lot better, and so then they don't have digestive upset or they have better gut health, and so once again, they can perform and recover better. So the Buckley breakfasts are fantastic. We love those. We've had them since day one. But then our best-selling product is our coconut packering, and so these are coconut cookies that pack 150 calories per ounce. And we have eight different flavors of those. I'm working on two more to bring it up to ten flavors. And we sell a ton of these pack rooms. I don't know what the magic uh, special sauce is or, like, why these have caught on so much. But I think people just wanted something that wasn't all fruit and nut-based. And I think they're not only high in calories, so they can be almost a meal replacement if you eat a pack of two of them. But they're also just a really delicious, healthy treat that you can have at the end of a meal or that you can have uh, while you're out hiking. And so it's been really fun to see the products that people have gotten just really excited about and kind of latched on to. Um, And like I say, it's just been an incredible ride for me. I had no idea that these little coconut treats that I would make in my home dehydrator years ago would become my livelihood. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I, I even said it yesterday, we were having a team meeting, and I was like, did you guys ever think you would make a living selling cookies? Like, I didn't see this coming for myself at all. <laughs> it's so awesome. So, Those packaroons, though, are delicious. Oh, my gosh. I'm sitting in my podcast office right now, and I would like to be eating them. I'm like, if I have to go on a hike just so I can eat these cookies, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I appreciate it, because we... We do have fun with it. So in the next uh, in the next year, you can expect to see more products being launched on our website, which is heatherschoice.com. Uh, one of the most exciting things we have coming up is we're going to be launching pack rooms in 25 REI stores. So that'll be in the Pacific Northwest, and people will be able to find pack rooms, which is that's a huge milestone for us. That's like one of those. Uh, big dreams come true for me as an entrepreneur is to see our product in a major retailer. And then we're also going to be launching on Amazon. And gosh, there's there's like so many things that are going to, to come to fruition all at once, which goes back to the conversation we had earlier about just being patient, just hanging in there, having the faith keep doing the thing every single day. Um, I do think 2019 is going to be a pretty monumental year for Heather's Choice. And I hope that that means that people are going to be able to find our products more readily uh, in stores near them. And everything that they have will have been produced in our little kitchen here in Anchorage and made with lots of love and will make them feel really good while they're out there hiking around. 
I absolutely love it and I'm super excited for what you guys have coming down the pipeline. Getting into the stores, I can only imagine, just feels like such a success because it is. And what you've done over the last four and a half years is really, really inspiring. I know a lot of entrepreneurs will be listening to this. And so just to hear the dream, the vision, the, you know, the origin, where it came from and what you're doing now is really, really, truly encouraging for listeners. So I thank you so much for sharing that, Heather. I've had a great time talking with you today. Um, if listeners want to reach out and get more information from you, where can they find you? They can find me at heatherschoice.com. It's a great resource. Uh, they can follow along in our entrepreneurial journey on Instagram and Facebook uh, at Heather's Choice. And then, yeah, I encourage people to, to reach out. I know that in my next lifetime, you know, like after Heather's Choice or whatever happens next, I really want to kind of continue that conversation specifically with women about their relationship with food and their relationship with life and just how we navigate all of that and how we can be our best selves. So it'll be fun to see what happens over the next 10 years and how you and I both get to engage with women more on this topic because we know that it's something we need to talk about a lot more. (laughs) Absolutely. Definitely an area that needs encouraging and needs, you know, more, uh, more input for sure. So I definitely look forward to diving into that further and just continuing this conversation and being able to link up to support women because more than anything, that's my mission is just to allow other people to know that they're not doing this alone, that what they're going through, whether it's, you know, beautiful or whether it's ugly or whether it's, you know, the gray cloud in between, you're not doing it alone. There is support. There are other people that have walked through it and uh, have made it to the other side. So we stand together and uh, really encourage everybody just to take take control to live their best life and to be feeling good. So Heather has offered a discount if you are interested in getting online, checking out the pack rooms, which I definitely suggest. Um, you can go to heatherschoice.com and use the code HerInspiredJourney for free shipping on your order over $100. So thank you so much for including that for our listeners as well. I'm sure they'll be jumping over to partake in some of that. And like I said, if you have to go on a hike so you can have them, do it. Totally worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. Well, thanks for getting on the call today, and uh, we'll be chatting with you soon. Yeah, we'll see ya. Well, ladies, that does it for this show for today. I hope that you found some inspiration, some good advice, and definitely some encouragement to take with you on the rest of your week. I'm already looking forward to coming back next week and giving you some more insight, some inspiration, and some tips on how to navigate your best life. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Your feedback is so important to me. I would love to know the questions that you have, any topics or ideas, and your feedback. You are so valuable to me, and I really appreciate you taking the time to leave the review and subscribe to the show. See you next week on Her Inspired Journey.